Praise God. Hallelujah. This morning, I'm excited to share um, with you what the Lord has been doing. Um, I know it's going to bless so many people in the podcast as well. And uh, just came back from Finland and Norway and also Switzerland. And the Lord is doing amazing things in Europe, in the nations of the world. There's a sound of revival. There's a move of the Spirit that cannot be contained. There's a fresh fire being released in the nations of the world. And I believe that we are part of this army of the Lord that is going to go forth in the nations, releasing signs, wonders, miracles, releasing the love of God, releasing the presence of God. And I believe there's an anointing that is, is here in this place and is going to bless so many people, equip people in the body of Christ. Uh, we're getting new students in the school of ministry as well. Um, every time uh, that there's a trip, people are joining into the school. We've got new students in, in Finland. We've got new students in Norway. So whatever is coming out of this place is blessing so many people. And I believe it's an exciting season to be alive. Amen. Open your Bibles in the book of John chapter 4 with me. John chapter 4. Hallelujah. And I want to talk to you today about the power of testimony. There's, there's so much power when we release the testimonies of God. When we release the, the true, real stories of what the Lord is doing. The Bible says, declare His glory among the nations. Speak of His works. The Bible commands us to do so. So many people, they ask me, why you share so many testimonies? And, and as the, re, the answer is really simple. The Bible tells me so. <laughs> the Bible tells us, declare the works of the Lord among the nations. Declare His wonders. So that's what we're doing, declaring, we're speaking, because there's power. Every time we declare a testimony, we're releasing the same power for it to happen again. And so, John chapter 4, if you can go there with me, uh, talking about the Samaritan woman. Go to verse 7. John chapter 4, verse 7. I'm going to read real quick here um, this story. That's the message the Lord put on my heart for this morning. It says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew? And I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. You know, see, Jesus was already crossing the line of what was common in that day. He crossed lots of lines uh, for the glory of God. And so Jews did not associate with Samaritans, but he was breaking racial. And he was breaking, uh, you know, regional barriers already. And so Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God... Who it is that asks you for a drink, you'd have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank it for himself? As did also his sons and his flock and herds? Jesus answered, 
Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's amazing. So the, the Bible says, Jesus said that when he gives the water to drink, it will become like a well, spring of water welling up to eternal life. So it means that when we receive the, the water of Jesus, there's a fountain in our hearts, there's a fountain in our spirit that we're releasing it uh, for eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come, keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where you must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship that you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jew. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worship the Father seeks. You know, here we see this um, interesting conversation. Jesus having a Samaritan woman and he begins to describe her life. And she knows that he did not know her in the natural. So he said, she said, sir, I can see you are a prophet. I can see you are speaking things that you do not know about my life. And she was really impressed. And she, he began to describe. And in that conversation, he actually reveals that he's the Messiah to her. And as he did, she became really impressed. And look at verse 39 with me. Go to verse, skip to verse 39 of John chapter 4. When she had that encounter with Jesus, it provoked her to do something. When Jesus really touches you, it's going to provoke in you a reaction. You're going to, there's, there will be a consequence of that touch. The touch of God brings a reaction. And so that woman received a touch from Jesus. She was touched on her spirit, man. She was touched on the, on the inside. And look what, what happened. Verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. I'm going to read it again. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, that is Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I, have, I, I ever did. So that when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. Jesus had an extended meeting, extended revival meeting in the with the Samaritans. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. And so we see here that the power of testimony. We see here that that, that woman received a touch from Jesus. She perceived that he was the Messiah, she perceived that he was um, the savior of the world, and she began to share to everybody. When you really have a testimony, when I have a testimony, it's worth sharing with the world. 
Because it will cause a reaction. It will cause a stirring. It will cause people to realize that Jesus is alive today. It will cause people to realize that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will cause people to realize that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. So she had a revelation of Christ as the Messiah. And she began to share with everybody saying, he told me everything I ever did. And that caused curiosity into people's hearts and say, you know what? I better check this out because this woman is telling me that this man has something special, so I better check it out. When you share a testimony of, uh, of God's deliverance, of God's healing power, of God's salvation, of God's baptism, the Holy Spirit, it will cause curiosity in the hearts of people. But you'll never um, create that if you don't open your mouth and share it. If you keep quiet about it, if you say, you know what, that was a blessing, but it was just for me. I don't need to share it. I don't need to spread it. It's just for me. Then it will not have the same effect. But the Bible says that many of the Samaritans from that town believe in him because of the woman's testimony. So that means that the testimony of the woman caused a revival in that town. The testimony of that woman caused a, a stirring in that town just because she opened her mouth and she began to share it. I know the enemy wants us to be quiet. The enemy wants us to be shut up. The enemy wants us to stop. The enemy wants us to give up. The enemy wants us to, to stay hidden. The, the enemy wants us to stay underground. But I'm telling you, we're not going underground. We're going to, to, to shine the light of Jesus Christ all over the world. I'm more excited today than I was before. I'm more excited about preaching the gospel than I was last year. I'm more excited about the fire of God than I was last year, than two years ago. We're growing. We're growing from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And so the enemy wants your mouth to be shut. He does not want you to sharing the good news of Jesus. He does not want you to share the testimonies of Jesus. He does not want you to share uh, that Jesus still heals today and prove it. I'm going to be sharing some testimonies here because I want to release something into your spirit today. I want to release some power today over the testimonies of Jesus. And so the enemy, he gets really mad when believers go out of the four walls of the church and they begin to share Jesus in the marketplace. They begin to pray for the sake in the streets. They begin to prophesy in the streets. They begin to uh, minister to the afflicted in the streets. The enemy does not, is not happy about, about it. If you can keep the gospel in the four walls, the enemy will leave you alone. <laughs> but when you begin to minister, when you begin to prophesy, when you begin to pray for the sick, when you begin to reach people that are not believers, that, that's when the enemy gets really, really mad. Because he knows there's power in the testimony. So that's where he'll attack you. The goal of the enemy is to make you quiet. The enemy is not afraid of quiet Christians because quiet Christians will just keep everything on the inside. But the enemy is afraid of those who will speak forth, who will share it, who will spread the fame of Jesus. I believe we're called to spread the fame of Jesus on the earth. My prayer is the Holy Spirit make Jesus famous everywhere we go. Make the, make the, 
the, uh, the fame of Jesus, not only in, in the Bible, which is the foundation, of course, but make the fame of what Jesus is doing today. Amen? Praise God for blind Bartimaeus, and praise God for the woman of the issue of blood, and praise God for all the testimonies that are in the written word, because they are tremendous and they're valuable. But it's also amazing to witness Jesus doing the same things today. Today. Today is the day. And we've seen that. The blind seeing, the, the deaf hearing, and the lame walking, people leaving crutches and, and, and wheelchairs and, and walkers and, and tumors disappearing and cancers being healed. That's, that's what really scares the enemy. He gets crazy. <laughs> and so why does he get crazy? Because he knows just in the same way that the Samaritan woman told the testimony. And she was not even sharing about any healing. She just shared about word of knowledge. He told me everything I ever did. And that was enough to get a whole crowd of people curious. We must check this man out. We must come and see. We must come and hear. And, and the Bible says that they urged Jesus stay with us. And he stayed two days with them. And because of his words, what are his words? The testimonies as well of scripture and the testimonies of, of what God was doing. Because of his words, many more became believers. You know, I want to share some testimonies with you because you're speaking about the power of testimony. Uh, I was just in, in Finland, Norway, in Switzerland for two weeks, and we saw crazy miracles, radical things that the Lord is doing, and uh, I want to share with you, because it will build faith, not only what happened in the meetings, but even, even outside the meetings, because I believe we're called not only to minister in meetings, but we're called to be, uh, uh, like, like the Bible says, a, a spring of water for eternal life. You're a walking church. You are a walking pulpit. I mean, when I say pulpit, I'm not saying that you're going to be preaching everybody like, like I'm doing now. But I mean that there's a message within you that comes forth even in conversations. That's how it's supposed to be. I'm not saying they're going to be preaching them. Thus saith the Lord in this. But there's a message that comes forth when people get around you. Amen. And so we saw the Lord move with salvations and healings and deliverances. In the first service, I was in Norway. And there was a, a lady from Portugal that she was invited into the meeting. She was not saved. She was an unbeliever. She came to the meeting. The enemy was really trying to get her out of there by all means through the phone and text message and all this stuff. But she ended up staying and heard the message. And by the end of the service, I made an altar call for salvation. Her heart began to burn. She found herself there in the front crying, weeping, receiving Christ. And then when I barely approached her, she was filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And I'm talking about someone who was not saved, someone who was not in church. I'm talking about a complete unbeliever who came into the church and she was saved and filled with the Holy Ghost at the same moment. And other people got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost at the same moment. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the following day, I went to another church and there were also people who were not saved and they got saved and they were filled with the Holy Ghost on the same day in Norway. There was a big Norwegian guy. He was, uh, he was shaken at the power. He got saved on that day. And I prayed for him 
the guy was boom on the floor and he was shaking his whole body it was like electricity and i could see not only people uh, confessing jesus which is wonderful if someone just confessed jesus with no emotion that's wonderful but i could see the holy spirit encountering them where they where they were i could see they were not only getting saved but they were getting encountered by the holy spirit that's so beautiful and we saw miracles of all kinds we saw one lady I, I was speaking about the glory of God, and I was speaking about the tapping through the realm of God's glory. And this lady, she had a, a massive uh, tumor on one of her breasts. It was, it was really um, bothering her. She had been to the doctor. The doctor said it's not cancer, so they ruled this out. However, it was so big that uh, they had to remove it because it was damaging her. It was causing so much pain. It was causing so much pain that she could barely touch the area. And so when we begin to worship God, we begin to exalt His name, we begin to praise, we begin to worship. I mean, that, that atmosphere of God's glory came in to the, to the meeting. And she started weeping. And she came and said that her uh, chest area was burning. And I said, this is the fire of God. And, and so... Actually, I told her to touch it, and as she was touching it, she had no pain, and she could not feel any tumor anymore. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, she began to weep, and she began to testify. On the same meeting, there was a woman who had an accident 12 years ago. She had been severely damaged on the neck and the head. It was so bad that she could barely, um, how can I say, uh, turn her, her neck and her head of so much pain 12 years with constant pain every day on painkillers and all this stuff and 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 she could not move properly because of the of the pain and in the midst of that presence in the midst of that glory in the midst of that powerful anointing that was there um, the lady felt fire coming into her and she was able to move for the first time in 12 years without any pain and she was totally healed by the power of God. She was so um, ecstatic. She was so happy that she would be like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And she was like falling on the, on the ground like, you know, like really, really happy, so excited. And so uh, we saw, I mean, tumors disappear. We saw deaf ears pop open for several years. We saw, I mean, bones that were broken being healed as well. Uh, there was one girl that she had like a broken knee and she had broken a knee for like several years before, and it had not been properly fixed, so it was really uh, damaging her. She could not even run, and she was able to run for the first time for several years. She was running, uh, totally healed by the power of God. We saw baptism of the Holy Spirit. We saw families set free. We saw lives restored, you know, and, and just sharing the, 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 the testimonies, just sharing what the Lord has been doing uh, in the churches was activating them to believe for the now. And I was in Finland, I saw one girl that came with two crutches. She was the, uh, in a leg support. She was the pastor's niece. And she comes in. As she was coming in, she didn't see me, but I was praying and I was uh, reading the word, preparing for the service as they were practicing worship. And I saw her coming in and I said, Lord, if you, you can heal this girl right now, today she's going to leave here without these crutches and the leg support. I believe that. That's what I said. And that's exactly what happened. 
we got to set our faith into something, amen? We got to set a goal into something. We got to look, believe, and, and, and really set a goal for something and believe for it to happen. So we know that, you know, God has given us an anointing to heal the sick. And so we got to have target our faith towards that as well. So at the end of the meeting, I prayed for this girl and like electricity came into her body. She was on the floor vibrating all over. The pain was completely gone. I told her to take the leg support off. You know, the gift of faith came on me. I didn't, I didn't ask her, do you want it? I said, take it off. Because the gift of faith was there, and I saw that something was happening. So I said, take this off. So she was able to run, jump, do squats, uh, everything, totally healed by the power of God. Totally healed. And, and look what happened. Uh, the, after a couple of days, I messaged her, and she replied, Hermes, I'm doing good. I have not used the crutches ever since, not a leg support. I have no pain. I'm totally good. I even recorded her message. I took a screenshot of her message, and I shared it. On, on Facebook, I shared it on Instagram, I shared because I mean, we need to tell the world that these miracles are real, we're not afraid to investigate yes. them, we're not afraid to, to ask them how they're doing, we're not afraid to follow up with the testimony, as a matter of fact, we always do as we're able to do that, when I know someone that got healed, I go, hey, how are you doing? I want to know, you know, I'm not afraid to follow up because I know these miracles are real. So when I post something online, when I post something, you know, and I, I asked her authorization to, to post the videos and everything. She said, you can post anywhere you want. So she's not afraid to. She's just like, just post it because it's real. Amen? So I love that, that, that the miracles of, of Jesus are, are real. The testimonies, I love the authentic, genuine work of the Holy Spirit. We don't need the fake. We don't need to uh, 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 be afraid. But we, we love the genuine, authentic work of the Holy Spirit. Undeniable that no one can, I mean, you may not like me, but you cannot deny it. Amen. I mean, I'm not asking people to like me, but you cannot deny it. Amen. That's like what happened to the disciples, if you read the book of Acts. When, when there was that lame man from birth that, you know, Peter and John came and he got healed. I mean, people, lot of, lots of people were against the disciples, but they could not deny the miracle. And they, even the enemy said, you know what? They performed something noticeable that was real, and we can't deny it. Nobody can deny it. Let's beat them up because, I mean, we, but that's the whole thing. The enemy wants to keep your mouth shut. Remember when the disciples uh, performed that miracle in the name of Jesus? They beat them up and said, do not speak again on this name. That's what the enemy wants to do with you and I. He wants to make us so discouraged. He wants to make us so afraid. And that he wants to keep our mouths shut. But I'm not shutting up. No, me neither. <laughs> We're proclaiming from the rooftops that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You may not like me. Somebody may not like me. I don't really care. I'm not shutting up. I'm not being quiet. I'm going forward. Yes. Amen. So don't be impressed if people don't like you or people don't, don't like your style or whatever. If God is with you and God is moving through you, share it. Share it. And I want to share a testimony with you today um, that happened in the streets of Switzerland, in Zurich more specifically, because um, I believe that can inspire you. I want to tell you that you do not need to be an eloquent preacher for God to use you. You say, but Hermes, I don't speak good. I, I'm not really 
qualified to be used by God because I don't have the skills to go in the pulpit and, and you know, present a sermon or whatever. Listen, you can be used by God in your workplace. You can be used by God in the streets. You can be, if you got the Holy Spirit, that's all you need. And so I was in, in, um, in Switzerland in a connection flight, and I got the news my flight was canceled to America. And I found myself stuck in Zurich for one day. And it was about 4 p.m. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? And so um, they said, no, there's a mechanical problem in the plane. Um, you cannot leave. There's no plane leaving tonight. You're going to have to sleep here. So I have to sleep here. My goodness. So they said, don't worry. We're providing something for you. So they gave me a five-star hotel in, in Zurich, Switzerland. And I was like, man, that's awesome. And they gave me, they gave me a, a tremendous dinner and everything was provided for them. And I was staying in this luxurious hotel, very nice. And I decided to, you know, go for a walk and go for downtown. Because I wanted to check the city out since I was already there. And so I went by myself and I was hanging out in downtown. And it was about 10.30 p.m. I decided to head back. And so I was uh, on the tram. They had the tram there. And... All of a sudden, I saw this multitude of people, like so many folks, guys, and they were like hitting the, the tram, boom, boom, and they were like screaming, and the doors were open, and all of them came in. It was, it was terrible, and they were screaming in German. I could not understand anything, of course, and I was like, man, what's going on? And I started praying, I said, Jesus, you know, cover the blood of Jesus, Lord, protect me from all harm and damage and theft and all this stuff, you know, I had my passport with me and had, all, had money with me and I'm, man, you know, nothing's happening in Jesus' name. And so they started screaming, the, the cops came in and I've never seen so many cops in my life. And I asked them, what, what are you guys doing? I said, we cannot kick them out right now because there are so many people. The cops were afraid. Everybody was afraid. And then I overheard someone talking. Uh, I overheard someone talking about a hotel. that They're going to be late. And I said, hey, what hotel are you going? And so he said the name of the hotel. I said, it's my hotel. And he said, I'm the manager there. That's what he said. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's awesome. So um, to make a long story short, we had to leave the tram and get a different route because we need to get away from the mob of people. And so we were walking. And then he said, I cannot walk too fast because my foot is injured. And that clicked on me like, oh, that's what I'm doing here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's one of my assignments is to lead people into salvation, which is the most important, and pray for the sick and release miracles. And so I said, you know what? Um, actually, he asked me right after he said, he said, what do you do? said, man, I'm a preacher. I've been going around here preaching the gospel, holding conferences, and telling people about Jesus, about his love and his salvation, and uh, also praying for the sick. And I said, if you want, I can pray for your food. And he said, oh, that's interesting. That sounds good. And he was a Muslim. And then I laid hands on him, and he began shaking on the power of God, in the middle of the street. God is not dependent on a, on, a, on a building. God is not in the building. God is in you. 
God is not in a building. I don't care how big your cathedral is. I don't care how big your church is. I don't care how many people can, can it hold. God is not in that building. The Bible says he's not, he's not in building uh, uh, made by the hands of man. But he is living in the believer. He's abiding in the believer. He's indwelling in the believer. So God is with you. He's in you. He's upon you. He's all over you. As you go in the streets, there's a church walking in the streets. <laughs> there's a child of God. There's someone anointed by the Holy Spirit. There's a child of the living God walking in the streets that carries the presence of God everywhere you go. And so he's not dependent upon a building. He's not dependent upon a microphone. He's not dependent upon uh, a media. He's not dependent upon these things, even though these things can be helpful and can be a blessing, but that's not where he is. Amen? So I, I, I came to realize that not only in my head, but in practice. I said, you know what? I'm here. This guy needs prayer, and I can pray for him right now. I don't need a, someone. I don't, oh, I don't have the worship here with me. I don't, have the, I don't have the worship team here with me with the keyboard or, or guitar or the worship leader. I don't have the right atmosphere. You know what? Praise God for atmosphere, but you carry the atmosphere already. Hallelujah. Amen. You shift the atmosphere. Hallelujah. You change the atmosphere because you carry an atmosphere with you already. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, I know, I'm not saying that we, we should not build an atmosphere of prayer and praise. I mean, I'm all for that. Praise God. I believe that we can, you know, pray before the services. We can, you know, worship. And that will create something good, of course. But I'm just saying that out, right off the bat, you carry already an atmosphere within you. That's what I'm saying. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to pray for this guy right now. So I lay hands on his shoulder and his whole body began to vibrate. And he said, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm praying for you. He said, man, you're releasing some energy into me. I mean, we need to understand that people in the world, they don't, they don't have the language of the church. When they say energy, they mean the power of God, but he doesn't know it. So he said, you're releasing some energy into me. So that's the power of God. And so his whole body began to vibrate. And then he said, the pain just left. The pain just left. I said, yes, it did, because, you know, Jesus healed you. And so he's like, man, that's amazing. How did you do that? And so, well, I, I do that. I just pray in the name of Jesus and release the power of God. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about a Muslim guy in Zurich, in the streets. I'm not talking about a church service. I'm not talking about a conference. I'm not talking about he knew I was a speaker, that he was expect. No, I'm talking about a situation, a common um, daily situation that you can face in your workplace or uh, in the street, that someone is sick, that you just need to step out and say, can I pray for you? And lay, hand, lay your hand, it doesn't even need to be on their head, or it can be just on their shoulders. I lay hand on the shoulder, not to be like, you know, on the head. I said, on the shoulder, like, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, touch him, heal him right now. I release the power of God, and his, his whole body began to shake. So I went to sleep, and I had to wake up early the next day. I came down, and he was always smiley. He, he was always smiley. He was so happy, ecstatic. 
And hey, hey, how are you doing? Good morning. He said, good morning, man. It was so awesome last night. Even though we had this trouble at the mob, he said, but it was so awesome last night. I, I know it was not by coincidence that we met. That's what he said. He gave me his card. He said, write to me. I want to know more about this. Uh, I said, that's awesome. And then he said, I, you know what? He, you know what I did? He said, I said, what? I told everybody here what happened last night. I to, I'm talking about a Muslim man sharing to a whole staff of the five-star hotel that Jesus healed him. Now so many believers, God does wonderful things for them. And they're like, I don't know if I should share it. I'm not sure. I'm afraid. I'm talking about a Muslim guy that got healed by Jesus. And he showed the whole staff that Jesus healed him. And you know what he said? It was funny that how he said it because he said, I told everybody that my foot was hurting. And I met a man, a spiritual man. That's what he said, a spiritual man. A spiritual religious man. That's what he said. Because I'm not religious, but he, he, he interpreted that way because he saw I was a preacher. He's like, a spiritual religious. And he released some energy into me in the name of Jesus, and I got healed. Amen. So whether or not... Uh, whether or not they get saved to all get saved tomorrow, but I, I know that I know that I know that a, a seed of the gospel was planted in his life and in all the employees because he's the manager of the hotel. So they're not taking his word lightly and they're like, I know, I, I don't believe it. No, he's the manager of that hotel, he's an important guy there, and he tells everybody that Jesus healed his food and they know that he's not lying. It's not that I, I am sharing that. I mean, he shared it. And so what did he do? Share the testimony. And the testimony, just like the Samaritan woman, is powerful. What Jesus is doing in your life is worth sharing it. What God has been doing in your life is worth writing it, sharing it, proclaiming it, put on the, on, on the social media, do whatever you want, because some people have a problem, like even in social media. Oh, why do you share this in social media? Because whatever. But listen, we better use social media for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So many people use Facebook and all this stuff to put fleshly things and, and just dirty things. And, and when, when it's a dirty joke, they're the first ones to share it. But when it's some miracle, they're like, oh, you know, oh, no, it's, you shouldn't. Do. No. Let's fill our social media with miracles, hallelujah, with, with, with the testimonies of Jesus, that people will be able to see that Jesus is moving today, hallelujah. So this man, this man really encouraged me because I said, you know what, man, I believe that we can do things in the streets. It doesn't need to be, um, how can I say, it? weird. It doesn't need to be strange. It can be like just natural because I did not go to this guy and say, I want to pray for you. And I was doing like all these movements of magic and like, you know, or I didn't care a shofar with me. I was blowing on his head or whatever. Or, you know, I was not, had like a lot of oil and put a lot of oil on him and, and bathed him with oil. No, I was just really simple, natural gospel. And I said, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I just release the power of God. And then he began to shake and he began to vibrate under the anointing. But there's nothing strange that I did except lay hands on him. That's it. 
And so I believe that we can move into something awesome, you know, uh, even in the city, even in the nations. Just look for someone to minister. A lot of people are looking for positions in the church. I mean, it's even more exciting when you're outside doing something. Amen? When you're outside. And because these people who are touched, they can come to the church. If they are touched outside and they get healed in the streets, they can come to the church. I believe that if we reach people where they are, uh, the, the Bible says that Jesus told the disciples, I will make you into fishers of men. And so fishers of men, when you go catch a fish, you catch the fish where they are. You don't wait the fish to jump in your boat freely. You go to where they are. Yeah, that's where the church needs to go. We need to not be afraid of sinners. God is not afraid of sinners. God is not impressed with sinners. He's not afraid at, at, at their sin or, or too scared. He's, he's not afraid of Muslims. Uh, Jesus is not afraid. He loves Muslims. He wants to reach Muslims. Jesus is not afraid of gay people. Jesus is not afraid of prostitutes. He wants to reach them where they are. I'm not saying condoning everything they do. That's different. But reaching them where they are. I mean, the problem is the church wants to condone what they do to reach them. But that's not the way. You go reach where they are with the truth of the gospel and the love of God. Because when there's true love, they feel it. When there's true love, people are able to sense and feel it. And true love does not mean you condone everything, but you, you love them despite of the differences. You love them where they are so they can get to where you are. Amen. So you're loving them, pulling them out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Like that Muslim guy knew that I, that I don't agree with, 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 with Islam, with his faith. However, I was reaching him where he was and showing love towards him even though he knew I did not agree with his faith. So if we were able to communicate, if we were able to testify, and I was sharing testimonies with him about miracles that I saw in Europe. I said, hey, no, man, I'm seeing people leave crutches. I'm seeing people, people uh, with tumors disappear. And he was like, look at me like, wow. I was sharing, I was blowing his mind away because he is used to know religion and the mosque and, and the, the prayers of Islam and all this. And I'm sharing like, man, Jesus is real. He's alive. He's healing today. He's healing the sick. Tumors are disappearing. People are leaving crutches. Walkers have seen crazy stuff, crazy miracles. He's alive. He's not a religion. He's a person. And he's like, wow. I'm like, man, that's crazy. So if we're able to love people where they are and reach them where they are without being afraid, I mean, we can, we can do wonders in the name of Jesus, we can do amazing things and draw people into the kingdom of light. Amen. So your testimony is a powerful tool to reach people. If God has done anything for you, if God has done something for you, you need to begin to open up your mouth and share with unbelievers. You think that they don't want to hear it, but I'm telling you, man, when, they're, when, they, when the stories are really interesting, they want to hear it. And I've seen that many unbelievers are more open to receive the power of God than some believers. Seriously, I've seen that unbelievers sometimes are more open to receive. That's why this lady from Portugal, for example, she was filled with the Holy Ghost at the same day. No, re no religion, no tra tradition of men, no wrong teachings. No, just boom, she got it in the same day. And I've seen believers that they come 
they stay in the church for 10, 20 years and they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Why is that? Because there was an openness also on her heart, even though she did not even know what it was exactly, but she was searching for something on the inside and God was seeing her heart and she received it like that. Amen. So I believe that the testimonies of Jesus are powerful. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This is says in the book of Revelation. So when you're actually testifying of Jesus, you're prophesying into people's hearts and destinies. And you're saying, no, uh, the same power um, is being released here again. When I'm testifying of people being healed with tumors and and, and leaving crutches, and I'm actually releasing that same atmosphere, that same uh, miracle power into here right now, into the podcast right now. If you're sick right now, we're releasing the same spirit, the Holy Spirit that was moving into these miracles is the same spirit that's moving even through this podcast right now. And I want to pray for everybody to receive an impartation of the power of God. Uh, but before I pray, I really want to encourage you to share your testimony with the world. Your friends need to hear it. Your colleagues need to hear it. The people that you have contact with need to hear it. And it's more simple than what you think. For me to share with that man, it was not complicated. It was natural. That's the beautiful thing about it. I wasn't formulating my sermon. I was just speaking. I didn't have to plan. I just spoke. I don't have to get the Bible and open a scripture to him. The Bible is in my heart. I have hidden your word, O Lord, in my heart so that I may not sin against you. So the Bible is in my heart. The word of God is in my heart. It's in my mouth. Amen. So I did not have, I did not have to be in a pulpit and say, hey, you need to come to church to hear. I just begin to share right there. The problem with many believers is that they want to, you know, I got to get them to church first. No. You got to get them where they are first and then get them to church. It's, it's, it's the other way. You get them where they are first and then bring them to church. Not them. Oh, if, if they can come to church, no, no, you take church to them. Amen? Don't wait for them to come into the church. Some people don't, will not have any time. They may die the next day. You never know. So they may not have any time to come to the church. But you take the church where they are. Take the church where they are. Take the church to the bank. Take the church to the hospital. Take the church to the park. Take the church to the nations. Take the church to the streets. If we begin to take the church where people are, then people will be drawn to the church. Amen? So how do we take the church to them? The best way is a testimony. The best, the best way. Because it's so simple. That's what the Samaritan woman did. The Samaritan woman had no theological training. <laughs> she didn't have time to go to Bible school. She didn't have an online Bible school like we have. <laughs> of course, there was no internet there. She didn't have um, Facebook. She didn't have any social media, no TV, no uh, diploma, no certificate, no um, Bible class. She only had one thing, a testimony. 
And that woman brought so many people to Christ. Her whole town was shaken just by a power of a testimony. Just by the power of a testimony, the whole town was shaken. There was a revival in the Samaritan region because of a testimony. One testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Boom, that's it. It opened up the hearts of people. They wanted to come and hear what Jesus had to say. And then the Bible says once they heard, they said, we, do, we believe him not only because of what you spoke to us, but we believe him because now we have heard and we know this man is really the savior of the world. So what happens is this. If you begin to share a testimony, even though you may not have the best know-how of the Bible or the best um, theological training, but just by sharing, it will open up their hearts to receive. And everybody likes stories. What is a movie? It's a story. What is a soap opera? Story. What is a sermon? It's a story. What is a book? Story. What is a newspaper? Story. What are the news? We're watching a story about something. Story. The Bible, full of stories. So people love stories. They love stories. Can I share a story with you? Everybody wants to hear it. Oh, I have a story to share with you. Everybody wants to hear why. Because everybody loves stories. I mean, the newspaper, the, the, the news TV, uh, the movies, the movie theater, theater, drama. What is it? A story. Everything is, our whole lives are filled with stories. Filled with it. What is a testimony? It's a story. So if we begin to apply that and say, you know what? I got a story to share with somebody. I'm going to share it. It will open up their hearts to receive something. But what the enemy wants to do, he wants to keep you quiet. Because if the enemy can keep you quiet, he can keep the light hidden. But Jesus said, you are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and puts it under the bed. But everyone lights a lamp and puts it on a stand so it gives light. It shines and it gives light to everyone in the house. So that's what we want to do. We want to expose Jesus to people. Amen. And, and the channel that Jesus flows through today is through the church. He's not in flesh today, but he's in flesh through us. Amen. So he's expressing himself through the body of Christ on the earth. So I want to I wanna pray for everybody uh, over the podcast and here. I want to pray that the Lord will release an impartation of boldness for you to share with the world the miracle testimonies of Jesus Christ. And I believe that as you do, you're going to see results because uh, it's just natural to see results as, as we share the stories of Jesus, the real life stories. And so I believe it's, it's an amazing tool. Uh, like the Samaritan woman, I believe that the power of testimony can happen with you. So let's stand to our feet right now. And let's pray for an impartation of boldness upon our lives that the Holy Spirit will begin to give us more boldness to share with the world. Uh, I want to pray for the 
for those on podcast right now. I want to pray that if you're listening to this message right now, I want to encourage you, open up your mouth. And as you begin to open up your mouth, you're going to see an explosion of the power of God. And the Lord's going to use your life like you've never seen it before, just because of the fact that you're sharing real stories. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for all those who are listening to this podcast. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, I pray for those who are hearing from different nations and those who are hearing from America, that you give them boldness. I just impart boldness into you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I rebuke fear. I rebuke intimidation. I rebuke every yes, uh, 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 attack of the enemy, Hallelujah. trying to shut people up. Lord, they are not going to be shut up. They're going to hear the message. They're going to proclaim the gospel. They're going to yes. share the stories of Jesus Christ, the real life stories, and they're going to see people saved. They're going to see people healed. You're going to see people encounter you. Father, in the name of Jesus, release a fresh baptism of boldness upon your people right now. In Jesus' name, Father, let them open up their mouths and, and release the power of God right now through this podcast. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, I release the power of the Lord over you right now. Receive it. Receive boldness. Receive uh, 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 the anointing. Receive the fire of God. Oh, Rabrata, in the name of Jesus.